As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's show is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing and our premium membership community, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your on-track game to the next level, visit thisisbracketracing.com today. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Bill Taylor Enterprises. BTE is a manufacturing, design, and support company that specializes in high-performance automatic transmission assemblies and components for drag racing, off-road, marine, and street performance. With over 50 years of experience in drag racing, BTE has been a trendsetter and innovator, placing themselves and their customers ahead of the pack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. All right, so Luke, as you mentioned, there is uh, some things to talk about, and and this we actually do have what everyone is talking about since we last got together. Some good stuffs happened. You talked about callouts and some other things that we're going to discuss here in just a little bit. But let's start out with what happened when they opened pre-entries for the Galat Spring Fling. Peter and Kyle obviously have done a phenomenal job with their brand. They put on great events, always get tremendous feedback from their customers and talk about how wonderful the events go. But what they accomplished when they opened up pre-entries for Galat, I, I honestly, I know how great a job they do. I didn't think it was possible. I mean, it's, it's truly unbelievable. They've I got mean, a little bit of interest. <laughs> yeah, they're 
supply is good, but their demand is gooder. And it is unbelievable. They sold out the event, I guess, 385 entries in less than eight minutes. I think the official time was seven minutes and 40 seconds. It was, I didn't even think you could sell that many that fast, but obviously they have a, a good site that works properly and you can, you know, a lot of people can get in at the same time. But Luke, seven so minutes. What was the, what 40 was seconds. the, s- 40, how many, seven minutes, how many seconds? I think seven minutes and 40 seconds, I, I believe, was the official time. But it, I know it was less than eight minutes. All right, we're doing some quick math here. That is 460 seconds divided by 385 entries. That is an entry every 1.19 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's getting after it pretty well. Again, it's just unbelievable what they have created in the racing community as far as a desire to come compete at their events. You know, when we open the gates, you and I both have races. When we open the gates, you know, you're hoping for a number. So let's say the 385 is what you're hoping for and you get it in less than eight minutes. That tells you that people really want to be a part of what you're trying to accomplish there in the racing world. And, you know, I know Bristol is going to open up very soon for uh, pre-entries. I expect it to do well, and there's no pre-entries in Vegas, and I think we both expect that with the changes in the rules to be absolutely huge. Yeah, without trying to make this a, a Fling Series infomercial, I mean, the reason that these events are so successful is no surprise to any of us. I mean, they do an, an incredible job of not only bringing awareness to the events and exposure to the racers, but just in terms of hospitality and taking care of the racers and, and bringing them to unbelievable fa- uh, facilities and just the planning. And ev- there is no stone unturned in fling races so it's no surprise that this has been so successful and i I will say it's a little bit surprising that they sold 385 entries in less than eight minutes what does this mean now because i have a feeling we're going to lead the show with this like back-to-back episodes because as you alluded to the fall fling which is now the fall fling 500k for this year the one of the two now richest events in the history of sportsman drag racing and the history of drag racing period with the sfg 500 also going on this summer entry opens for this this uh, fall fling 500k on tuesday march 5th is that right the 5th that That's is next correct. tuesday i would assume i mean granted this is 385 entries once again and it's a salty entry fee it's 800 1850 to enter the the 500k I'm just from everything that I am gathering and hearing, I wouldn't be shocked if this sells out in less time. I wouldn't be shocked if it sells out in half the time of Galat. Like if you want to get in the Fall Fling 500K, set your alarms now. I believe it's is it nine o'clock Central Time Tuesday morning. I do not know the official time. I don't want to lead people astray. Let's pull that up. But whatever it is. Set your alarm because I don't think that's going to last long. I, we talked about this off air. I think that they could fill this race twice within a day. I, I really <laughs> think there is that much interest. And as I kind of joked about before, I realized that logistically this is essentially impossible. 
but why don't we fill this twice and just pay a million? Like that'd be cool. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad idea. And if anybody pull it off, I I think they can do it for sure. It's super high demand. Uh, producer Mark has just let us know that it is noon Eastern is when uh, the pre-entry will open up Tuesday, March the fifth. So I would expect. Well, I'll just set my to... alarm for nine Central, and I'll be ready. <laughs> you will be ready. I'll be, update, <laughs> update, update. Sit by the computer and be ready to go. I would expect that uh, anybody wanting in needs to needs to be aware of that uh, that time frame and and be ready to go. So I'm sure that will go well. So Luke, let's talk about the Dream Team event coming up at uh, Memphis. Uh, Galen and Britt bringing the Dream Team race back. That looks like that's getting some traction as well. Yeah, it's another exciting event, an event that you and I were a part of a year ago. The Dream Team format is really cool because you basically just get to pick your team of uh, five guys or five gals, five buddies, five friends, five people you don't even know that want to be on your team, however you want to do it. Top bulb and bottom bulb. And it's basically a team race. It's the your team competes against another team. If we advance, you go to the next round and compete against yet another team of five. Really unique setup. It was a lot of fun last year. And obviously, we're not the only ones that like it, Big Jed, because uh, almost immediately upon announcement, this year's race for the top bulb crowd is sold out, 32 teams of five. And as of the last time that I spoke with Britt, there were only eight team spots remaining in the bottom bulb race as well. So that's always exciting. Cool to see, again, a little bit different format. And of course, so much anticipation and uh, excitement around the event. Yeah, looking forward to that. Did get to compete in that last year, as you mentioned. Very neat format, well run. Some all-star teams out there, which always, if if you're a true racer and you like to go out and compete on the the big stage, you uh, you really like this format because there's no slouches. You have to get up on the wheel and race every time you pull up on the line. Really cool. And uh, along the lines of what we'll talk about next, Luke, before we talk about that, I have heard word that there is a team of five, pretty stout team at that that is willing to put up $2,500 around, 500 per racer, side money, a little side pot if, if their opponent wants to, uh, wants to match that, and they'll race for a little bit of extra cash. So that's a, that team's very confident coming into this, and they're willing to put up $2,500 per round to, to prove how confident they are. So. I like the swagger. Yeah, maybe some more of that going on. That's going to be very interesting. We'll see how that plays out. So along that line, let's talk about... Speaking of swagger. Yeah, what you talked about. Two guys, two of the most recognizable names and figures in sportsman drag racing. is Scotty Richardson and Gary Williams. Now... I'm not real sure how all this come about. You might have a little inside baseball. You might not. But basically, the challenge has been put out there for those guys to race for $5,000 a lap. So tell us yeah, what you I about don't, that. I don't necessarily have any inside baseball. I'm reading what's available to the public on Facebook. And my interpretation of this is that G-Dub called out Scotty. And said, let's do this. Best of five, five grand a lap. 
In fact, to, to be perfectly clear, the way that I'm reading this, T-Dub actually called out Scotty on Gary's behalf. At least that's the way it appears, which is fine. I mean, I, I don't want to call Troy like Gary's mouthpiece. Like there's obviously, as you might anticipate, like a little bit of sibling rivalry there. But I don't think Gary Williams has a bigger fan in the world than Troy Williams Jr. And Troy will always tell you, my brother's the man, right? Well, how better to prove it than call out arguably the best that's ever done it? So <laughs> yeah. here we go. Best of five. This a la what Britt Cummings and Johnny Ezel set out to do last year. It still hasn't actually been completed, that match race. Hopefully this one does get completed. But my understanding of this, this is going to be eighth mile, pop bulb, in a pair of door cars, or better said, door trucks. So five grand a round, best of five. So in theory, like this could cost somebody twenty-five grand. Given the stature of these two competitors, I would be shocked. Maybe isn't the right word. Jet definitely surprised if it was um, that lopsided. I would say odds are this goes three-two, cost somebody five grand, which is still a lot of money, and it's not crazy. To think it could go four one, right? You're just talking five laps down the racetrack. That cost somebody fifteen grand. Pretty salty. Pretty salty. <laughs> yes, and yeah. you would think, okay, let me let me pose this to you. Uh, well, <laughs> I say that I don't even want to put you on the spot, Big Jed, because I'm gonna opt out of this and plead the fifth. Like I got to race with these guys um, yeah. all year. No thanks. I, no thanks. I, yeah. Okay. So no, we're not we're not weighing in here. We're just saying like this is probably gonna be three two two of. The best that have ever done it. And I guess on the outside looking in, like the thought is, wow, like you challenged Scotty Richardson and he's the the best ever. I think in most circles, the argument is between Peter Biondo and Scotty Richardson, right? And if you take everything that they've ever accomplished, like that's a rightful argument between those two because both Scotty and, and Peter, but obviously the conversation is more about Scotty, have not only won like all that there is to win. Scotty's essentially won on the biggest stage in just about every aspect of our sport. You're talking super comp, super gas, stock, you know, five NHRA world championships, multiple NHRA national event wins, uh, top ball bracket race, bottom ball bracket race, eighth mile, quarter mile, door car, drag show, like you name it, he's done it. And he's won essentially the biggest event in all of those facets, right? Whether you're talking your $50,000 to win at the World Footbreak Challenge, like he's won that twice. Whether you're talking the U.S. Nationals, he's won that multiple times. You know, I mean, just on down the line. The the But if we're going to limit this discussion, and again, keep in mind, this is best out of five, eighth mile bracket race with the delay box. So now we're l- limiting this discussion to big dollar bracket racing. And don't get me wrong, like Scotty is no slouch. He is one of the most accomplished big dollar bracket racers ever. Sure. But when you narrow the scope of the conversation, like you could make a really valid argument that Gary's resume is even more impressive than Scotty's if we're just talking about big dollar bracket racing. You're talking about, I mean, obviously the big one stands out. Gary Williams has won the million dollar race twice. Now, Scotty Richardson has been in two million dollar race finals. He didn't win either of them. There are many people that have been in two million dollar race finals. And then you go down the line, and Gary's when Troy was on with us a year or two ago, like he had shared the the final round record 
of Gary Williams in what was it thirty thousand dollar plus to win finals. Yep, and I think at that time it was twelve and zero or something ridiculous. Now since then he did finally drop one at the SFG race at Reynolds late last season. But even so, what is it eleven and one, twelve and one, thirteen and one? It's pretty nasty. Yeah, it was really uh, good. And both of them, like you take. You take Scotty's big dollar bracket race career and G-Dub's big dollar bracket race career, and any of us would gladly trade anything that we have done for what they've done, right? Just really, really impressive marks. I'm just, I guess my point is that the discrepancy between the two, specifically if we limit this to big dollar bracket racing, is minuscule. And if if there is an edge, like, I think you could make the argument it'd go to Gary. Well... Yeah, I can see that point. In terms of resume. Now, I'm exactly. not talent. Like, you could make any argument that you want. Like, I think they're on a very equal plane. But yeah. it, just in terms of resume. Yeah, I don't, I don't think either one of those guys would fool the other on the racetrack with uh, some unseen moves or strategy. So, you know, it, it would be very interesting to watch it play out and see how they get it done. But I'm with you. I would expect some kind of three to two either way it could go four to one if if somebody got up three oh the other one might press a little and and cause themselves another loss but it would be fun to watch and i hope it happens i i don't know luke has has the challenge been accepted all i know is that it's out there oh yeah no scotty accepted and i i wish i'd i'd pull up the post exactly but his comment was something like you guys are forgetting about the way things used to be and the way things still are it's on. And when I read it like four hours later, it that comment had like 57 likes. Like, everybody's like, oh. yeah, Scotty, you're the man. You know, I mean, just, yeah. so yes, challenge issued, challenge accepted. As my good friend Jason Lynch would say, it's on like ham bone. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that, and that will definitely give us some great material to discuss here. Oh, we can, we can Drag build this up like all that. year. All right, yeah. trivia time, Big Jed. And actually, this is the problem I have with the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast because I put trivia time on our little shared document here that we kind of go off of for the show episodes. And I didn't do my research. Like, I don't have the answer to the question. Okay. And, and that, I guess, <laughs> That's is a terrible is the, trivia strategy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this is unique, right? So. <laughs> This is the issue because it's not the fact that, you know, we spend an hour or two talking drag racing each week to record the podcast. Like that part's cool. But there's a lot of time that goes into involved, goes into making sure that you don't sound like a moron. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's some research involved beforehand. And and regardless, like if you just talk for an hour, like you're going to say something wrong or something stupid yeah. or just lie without really meaning to. So some of that's inevitable, <laughs> but I try to come in just as prepared as I possibly can. But in this instance, the trivia that I had for you, and here's how we'll do this, is I just we'll just go back and forth because I would think between the two of us we can come up with them. Obviously, Gary Williams has won the million-dollar race twice. I believe it was uh, 2004, 2007. Okay, both at Memphis. And Scotty Richardson, as I mentioned earlier, has been in two million dollar race finals. They actually happened in the same season back in 2000 when the Millennium Million at Rockingham. For those of you that go back that far, that was still a thing. Scotty runnered up that to Jonathan Clay, then just months later went to Montgomery and runnered up to Stephen Hughes, aka Hey, would you blow me? So, <laughs> Did two, that just happened. 
That did just happen, not live on the podcast. So those are two guys that have been in $2 million finals. And I thought, man, that's really, that's unique. I can't and wait to shout out. Yeah, that's coming. That's good stuff. So when I really got to breaking it down or thinking through it a little bit, it's not actually as unique as I would have initially thought. And now keep in mind, we're going to draw from the the true, the original million, the Millennium Million or Rockingham, which I think only happened for two years. And the Spring Fling Million in Vegas, which is now only, there's been three versions of that. So uh, combining all of those, racers that have been in more than one final round. Gary, Scotty, I'll pitch it to you. Um, Dave Triplett. Triplett's a good one. Obviously, uh, Kenny Underwood has now won the million twice. So there's four. Yep. So there's an obvious one sitting out there, but I'm going to go kind of old school on you, and since he happens to be from Alabama as well, and say Joel Reynolds. Ah, okay. Yes, good one. Good one. Joel was a winner and runner-up in the early years of the original million. Yes. I'll stay in Alabama and go with Jeff Rooks. Yes, and I will go to Virginia and go with Jeff Verde. Okay, now this is the one that I needed to do a little bit of research on because I think we've named everybody. With one exception, I think. The the year that Ray Ray won the million at Montgomery, did he beat Ricky Jones in the final? He did. Okay. Ricky Jones definitely won the last millennium million at Rockingham. So Ricky Jones also been in two million dollar race finals. Yes. Ricky Jones has been in two and that by the way, and I I'm certainly not one to to try to make myself sound better, but that was an epic call. I go back, and I've heard that a time or two, that, that call of that final round, Ray Ray and, and Tricky Ricky Jones. And I really like that one. If I don't care much for listening to myself on the microphone, but I did a good job on that one. Carry on, look, my apologies. Give me the breakdown. Like, let's, let's relive it. Well, I don't know really if I can relive it per se without getting too long-winded, but it was, you know, it was just, I guess, youth versus experience and age it was the young gun ray ray and the dragster versus a guy that is very well known for having done it at a very high level for a long long time in his door car the same car that is and i just thought it was interesting contrast of of drivers and experience level although we knew ray ray was super talented and then i can't remember the exact numbers but I believe Ricky was like really good on the tree and took a couple of thou or something. It didn't work out. Maybe he was a, maybe he was just a few thou under. Can't remember exactly what the numbers was. But it, it was a really fun run to call. Very exciting. A lot of online stuff was happening for the announcer at the time, and then you could see the crowd growing down there around the the uh, sponsor board and the water box. So it was just a lot of fun. Really good time and a really good race. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, well, maybe Mark can dig that up out of the archives and we can insert that into the show somewhere so that our, our listeners oh. can relive it with you. Oh, man, please do. I'd love that. All right. One last thing on the soon-to-be epic match race, grudge match, whatever you want to call it, between Gary Williams and Scotty Richardson. I was thumbing through this Facebook thread, and believe me, like I ain't got time to read all this. It had 200-plus comments within hours. But I did see a comment from... The one and only Kevin McKenna, friend of the program, who had, I think, the best idea and something I had actually like has been rattling around my little pea brain for several years. But here's McKenna's post. 
How about best of 10 in the following? A, bracket dragster. B, super comp, super gas, 90 car. C, stock, super stock, slash, bottom ball bracket car. D, rental cars. Let's see who has the best all-around game. Uh, and Kevin went on to say that he'd guarantee a prime spot on NHRA.com, which I think was just clickbait, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, like this is something that I festered in my head maybe a decade ago, and I'm like, this could that could be really cool. And then I never really figured out, like, how would you ever make that work and why would the best two or the best four or the best eight racers, like, agree to come put up money to race one another when they could just take everybody else's money? Right. That's kind of. Yeah. So I was like, eh, it probably wouldn't work. But now that I think about it, like revisit that idea in this day and age, specifically with the overwhelming popularity of streaming content, you know, watching these races online, I think somebody could actually make this happen and make it like a pay-per-view event. Because, like, I'm not – I think we've talked about this before. Maybe this makes me a poor follower of the sport. Like, I have a really hard time getting into watching the live feed. I guess, like, I've spent way too many days of my life at the racetrack. When I'm not at the racetrack, I don't really care to watch it. Just give me the, the abbreviated results and tell me who won. Like, that's, that's it. But I would pay to watch this. Like, Gary, G-Dub – I'm sorry, Gary, Scotty, uh, SR, G-Dub, however you want to say that. Yeah, I would pay to watch that. And if you gathered, you know, name off the top four or the top eight, I would pay to watch that. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think a lot of us would pay to watch that. And that generates some income to where the promoters could make some money, where maybe this elite, you know, best of the best group doesn't necessarily have to pony up five grand to run to race one another to prove who's best. I think there's potential advertising and marketing dollars involved when you've got a big online audience I just, uh, so somebody, some entrepreneurial, creative promoter out there, <clears throat> Kyle Seipel, um, <laughs> Britt Cummings, Kyle Riley, somebody take this and run with this. Like, I think there's potential here and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. It'd definitely be fun to watch. You know, I don't know what the, the price frame time price range is for this, but you know, you assume 10 bucks, whatever, I'd certainly pay my $10 to watch it. Uh, it be a lot of fun. And I get what you're saying about the live feed. As a racer, you're, if you're not there at the track, you're typically in an environment that has other things you need to be doing. So they're, they're hard to watch because you, you feel like I need to be over here doing this. But uh, putting those things together, turn it on in the shop while you're assembling a, a dragster or a Vega that might or might not ever make it back to the racetrack, something like that, you may have an opportunity to, to catch the live feed and accomplish some of those things. So I get what you're saying. But, Luke, when I look at that breakdown that Kevin did, so how we would like to see them compete in what categories, immediately the thought is, well, that's Scotty. I mean, Scotty's going to, Scotty's going to come out because of the bottom bulb component to this. But rest assured, that G-Dub is very talented on the bottom. He doesn't get out to the big bottom bulb races and show it very often. Very talented guy. I've watched him hit the bottom at a very high level. So um, for those thinking maybe that list would lean more to Scotty's ability level than G-Dub, please do not think that. It would be super fun to watch, especially when they got down to the rental cars. I would enjoy that thoroughly. Give me... 
like let's let's just expand on Kevin's idea here. If that's the format, then you could have eight might be too much. Like if you could expand this to four, who else would you include? Who else would you want to see in it? Well, considering what you said earlier, like the 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 primary pair of guys that people consider to be the best in our sport would be Peter and Scotty. Uh, I would definitely like to see Peter compete and then probably need to get some West Coast flavor in there just to make it as well-rounded as you could. But personally, I would rather see Brad Pleward. And I know Brad, probably not the guy that everybody would consider like the best there is, but he's very well-rounded. And I would like to see Brad get in there and compete with those guys. And certainly, I didn't want to really say this because I don't want you thinking that I like you or anything like that. But certainly would like to see you have an opportunity in there as well because you're certainly one of the, the top guys that people think about when they think about this kind of racing or our kind of racing at a high level. Then this would be so fun. Like I could have, yeah, right, yeah, whatever. Like. I, I think I could have 16 to fill the four spots, but give me Scotty and Pete are the obvious answers. I'd like to see probably not both of them just to, to spread things out. Okay. I can't do four. I'll give, I'll give you six. No, give me, give much. me Scotty, Scotty and Peter, either Troy or Gary and either Justin Lamb or Anthony Bertosi. Oh yes. Very good choices. Yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun, and that would if you got Justin certainly get some of that West Coast flavor too, because there's a lot of talent out there that we don't always us East Coast bias guys we don't always consider the West Coast when we're putting those kind of lists together. But uh, Big Nasty wouldn't be wouldn't be hard to watch either. I think he would be fun to get in the mix as well. So I got to quit talking. Heck, we're gonna name everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll have a hundred people in this four person race by the time it's over. So. Let's get to some real racing action. We, we've batted around enough this match race that is slated for November. So we got several months to talk about Scotty and G-Dub. Uh, let's talk about some racing that actually happened over the course of the last two weeks since we last caught up. Yeah, that'll lead us right into our BTE Who's Hot coming up next. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. The BTE staff is selected directly from the racing community, from sales to manufacturing. Each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. With multiple world championships and number one qualifiers, they offer expert professional technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. Luke, this week's BTE Who's Hot is uh, on a nice little run here. He uh, collected the victory in Division Two's first two events. That was Orlando and South Georgia. And that was in the super stock category. And it's none other than Marion Stevenson making a trip down and getting back-to-back victories in a, a very competitive environment. A lot of people traveling in for these just to get them some racing action. Division Two's tough itself. And Marion come down and showed them what's up back-to-back wins in super stock in division two the last couple of races yeah did a lot of us dream of uh starting the season off hot 12 and 0 pretty hot <laughs> yeah it is really hot great start by him so looking forward to seeing how that translates to uh championship hopes 
for Marion Stevenson, uh, I assume that's going to increase his racing schedule a little bit with that kind of start. I'm sure it will. And I'm sure he's going to be in the mix when it's all said and done because it's hard to get out of the mix if you just perform you know, well from that point on over that kind of start. So great job by Marion. Yeah. We'll talk about some other good performances here in just a little bit. But Marion is our BTE who's hot this week. So speaking of who's hot and BTE, we got BTE's hottest staff member on the phone with us right now. We have Chance Likens, Ooh. and Chance is coming to us from, uh, well, he's just coming to us from the Memphis area. We'll say that tonight. Glad to have you on the phone with us tonight, Chance. What's going on, my friend? Man, I'm uh, doing great right now. We're yeah. out here doing some uh, stuff with some racing in Memphis. <laughs> Location is disclosed, but uh, nothing much. Just uh, helping some friends out. Okay, just out there with your friends tonight. You don't have a dog in the fight, per se. I actually have a dog. Right with me, 50-pound bulldog. She called me uh, right when we was getting out of the truck. She was on my lap. We had six deep in a four-door Chevrolet pulling the race car. But uh, Mark gave me a call, and I was like, of course I got time for you guys. Yeah, well, we appreciate you making some time for us. Just want to catch up with you for a little bit here and see where the BTE Racer Support Van and the world-famous now V-Dub is headed in the month of March. Where are you guys going to be at the races this this month? All right, month of March is pretty full. So five weeks in March, four weeks of racing. First week of uh, March, hopefully if the weather cooperates, I haven't heard much out of it. Huntsville, Dragway, first weekend. This weekend, Huntsville, Dragway. Next weekend, I think we're going to go to Memphis. So if that works out, we'll be happy. Third week will be Bowling Green, Kentucky with the BTE van for sure. And then we're gonna head over to what month? What week am I on, guys? Fourth week, I think. We're going back to Huntsville with the beach. Uh, we're not gonna have a van, but uh, that fourth week of March is gonna be Huntsville. The fifth week of March, we're going to the Tennessee Throwdown, US 43, making the first appearance at US 43 with the BTE van. So I'm pretty excited to see those guys out there. See if we can help some guys out but uh i'm pretty excited uh five weeks of racing little rest but uh hopefully the volkswagen can handle the power you've been working hard on your program this winter i've been uh, been seeing you make your posts so i'm sure you got big things in store for the v-dub this year sound like you uh, gave it a little kick in the pants yes yeah man along with some help from some awesome people am i allowed to mention them guys because i mean they they're the big reason i'm able to do this so with the floor is yours your all right well first off we're going to thank huntsville engine for helping us out with the motor they gave me a good uh, deal going on with them quick fuel has come on and, and uh, stuck with us with some carburetors a secret performance has some ls gurus down there that helped me out headman headers has uh put up a lot for us and uh supplied us with some headers who's your tire can't thank them guys enough they're uh, coming on. I've used Hoosier in the past, but I haven't personally bought from them. They trusted me enough, so they're going to put some tires on, on the Volkswagen. Used them already. Not much racing going on around here, but I managed to get the use out of them. They're an R&D tire, but I love them. They're one of the best tires I've ever used. Made a couple passes with them, so 
can't wait to see what the guys at Hoosier think about that. But uh, awesome. Well, I can hear the excitement in your voice, bud. Looks like uh, you got big things in store, not only for the month of March, but for all year. And just so folks know, and I think they do, when you don't have the racer support van with you at the track, don't let that stop anyone from approaching you about the great things BTE can offer them. I know that you're on Team BTE, and you're certainly willing to help anybody anytime you can. I, I know that you don't always have the van, but you're you're still available for them. Yeah, of course. Anybody who any ever needs any uh, help with anything, to take apart a com- take out a converter transmission, I'm willing to help. I've always got tools with me in my toolbox. So if anybody ever needs any technical advice, just let me know. I'll I have no problem with talking to anybody. So converters, transmissions, that's kind of my thing. So if anybody ever needs any help, just holler at me. Facebook, Instagram. I don't have a Twitter, so sorry about that. <laughs> but get in touch with me i don't care we'll get something done yeah we know you hook them up and um real quick we'll wrap it up congratulations to you guys i know some bt customers have performed very well in the early part of the year and uh, getting some traction for team bt so congratulations to those guys and appreciate all you guys do for the racers chance uh, you always always out there trying to help and and be a part of these events and we appreciate it looking forward to seeing you at the track some all right good deal can't wait to see you guys all right chance thanks a lot bud drop in on us anytime tell us what's happening down there at bt you guys have a great one see ya. all right see you man so not a ton of racing going on early in the season. I had some NHRA action on each coast. We just talked about Marion Stevenson winning at South Georgia. The nice thing for our purposes, for having content and something to talk about, Jed, is while there haven't been a ton of races, the same people kind of keep winning. So that's fun. We talked about Marion Stevenson winning both of the Division Two races in Superstock. Over on the other side of the country – Several racers going deep, if not winning, both events out there. That would be the national event at Pomona a few weeks back and just this past weekend, the national event in Phoenix. Now, I'll lead off with what I think has to be kind of the feel-good story of the early season, and that was Cody Lane's win in Stock Eliminator at Phoenix. If you're familiar at all with Cody and his father, Jeff, you probably know that just a little over a year ago, is actually on their way to Pomona from uh, they're from the Seattle area if I'm not mistaken, they had a trailer fire that engulfed what was at the time a new to them, I believe it's H-Stock Automatic Corvette. Pomona of 2017 was supposed to be the debut for that car. It got the worst of the trailer fire. It was not raceable, not burnt to the ground, but in really bad shape. Um, had to go back, get a complete rebuild. Uh, I don't think it even hit the track until like August or September of last season. This season, Cody started off Uh, With a bang at Pomona, he advanced to the semifinal round before losing to the eventual winner. Then he backed that up by getting the stock eliminator win at Phoenix. So again, a little over a year removed from a catastrophic fire to win his first national event in stock eliminator. Cody's got a couple of wins in um, super stock, possibly winning comp too, although that may just be the old man. Definitely a, a feel-good story. And again, when you couple it with his semifinal finish at Pomona, another early front runner for this year's stock eliminator season championship. Yeah, great start to Cody's season, definitely couldn't have a better 180 turnaround start from what he experienced last year so 
uh, definitely, as you said, Luke, feel good story. Speaking of people feeling good, Bart Smith. How about that, Luke? That's uh, that's impressive. To get a start like that in top sportsmen out there on the West Coast. Yeah, Bart Smith, for those of you not aware, back-to-back wins, currently doing his best Marion Stevenson impression, undefeated in the 2019 season. He won the Winter Nationals at Pomona. He backed that up with a win at Phoenix. Obviously, that was neck and neck for this week's BTE Who's Hot. We actually gave Marion the nod simply because he saw six win lights at each race, over five, but we're splitting hairs. Both those guys red hot to start the season, so congratulations to Mr. Bart Smith. We talked two weeks ago about Kevin Wright's performance at Pomona and specifically how of his four national event wins, three of them have come at the Winter Nationals. He was back at it in Phoenix, Big Jed. He was one round short of doing the same thing that Marion Stevenson and Bart Smith accomplished in their first two races. He once again drove to the final round in Phoenix, uh, only to get turned away. His uh, round win streak stopped at 11 by Craig Anderson in the final round. And if you take this back a little bit further, Jed, Kevin Wright, this season, in two appearances, a win and runner-up, he ended last season with a win at the fall race in Las Vegas. So three out of the last four national events Kevin Wright has been to in the ultra-competitive Super Comp category, final round appearances. That's salty. Yeah, really strong. Uh, Definitely on a hot streak, although it's got a few months in between those uh, final round appearances, that's uh, still really strong. Kevin been doing it for a while and one of the best in the sport. So we'll look forward to more big things out of him coming up. Luke, another interesting note, and I guess it's even more interesting to you because I would assume, that, is this a uh, Luke Bogacki Motorsports prepped race car? It is not, technically. It's not one of the cars that we here. This is the same combination, but yeah, this is the race tech car. But uh, to your point, yes, James Warden, friend of the program, member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite. James got his first national event win in Phoenix in the top dragster category and did it in impressive fashion. He gets box score of the weekend, Big Jed. Yeah, laid down some really good laps. Uh, 004, 20 being the, the worst hit there, which when you or driving something like those guys are driving. O twenty is not nearly as bad as we want to make it sound. That's a, that's a normal reaction time a lot of times in that category. Then James comes back and goes perfect, goes double O six and double O two to collect that top dragster Wally. Great job by him. Uh, I don't know James, but everyone I know that knows him just talks about how awesome the guy is. Uh, I know he and his wife are out there loving life, doing their thing, and they do have some some Luke Bogacki Motorsports prep race cars. Obviously, this isn't one, as you mentioned, but I know you got to be really proud for a very good customer and team member. Yeah, happy for James. Nobody works harder or wants this more. He's very intense, very serious about his racing. And again, 004, 20, trips, 6, 2. And those last two rounds, I believe it was 6, dead 5, and 2, take 3 in the final. So hats off to Mr. Warden, not only getting his first national event win, but doing it in style. And along those lines, speaking of of doing it in style, and this is one, like, I just, I'm telling you, we take for granted because he makes it look so freaking easy. Justin Lamb, yet again, one super stock in Phoenix. And while his... Points ledger will not look as impressive as Marion Stevens, Marion Stevenson's or Bart Smith's to this point 
in the early season. Justin Lamb has not actually lost for a round of competition in Superstock in 2019 that he staged for. In Pomona, he was down to the quarterfinal round, which was pushed into Monday, and Justin went home. Uh, had to get home, get back to work, had other commitments, and was not able to uh, stage up for that quarterfinal round, which obviously resulted in a loss. He unloaded at Phoenix and proceeded through six rounds of competition to win Superstock. So again, when Justin Lamb has actually lit the stage bulb in 2019 undefeated in Superstock. And Big Jed, you, you skipped over my one part. You know, I, I mentioned earlier about how, how difficult it is to do quality research, you know, and how time-consuming it can be. I was really proud of myself for digging up some dirt on Kevin Wright, and you just whisked right over it. So I got to circle back yes. to Kevin Wright, because when I saw his win and runner-up, I thought, that sounds familiar. I think Kevin Wright's done this before. So I did a little digging. It was the 2010 season, Kevin Wright won the Winter Nationals, and then his second event that season was in Las Vegas, where he did not run her up, but he advanced to the semifinals. So Kevin Wright, no stranger to hot starts. Kevin went on that season to finish strong as well, ended up fifth place in national points. I think that that's a very realistic uh, outcome for him this season. And at this point, you've got to say, win runner up, like it's February. I get it. But as of right now, definitely the favorite to win this season's national championship. And again, like a top 10 performance. I wouldn't say that that's the floor necessarily because there's a lot of racing left, but he's in excellent position to make a run at this year's championship. And so you're not calling it over just yet. N- nothing's over in February. <laughs> So uh, I I, I apologize. I didn't mean to diminish your research, uh, Luke. My apologies there. But one last thing before it's not in the show notes, but I know it's something that you was happy to see. I was happy to see and people all across the land. Very excited. Our buddy, big, nasty Kyle Seipel got back in the race car and competed in super stock in the Copo Camaro. Uh, Didn't go well. Car didn't shift and it caused him an early exit. But Kyle had some uh, life-altering health challenges uh, last year leading into the winter, and but he's had several treatments for that and come out of it ready to go racing, great spirit, great energy, getting back to the racetrack. So good to see our buddy Big Nasty back on the track and uh, looking forward to watching him compete this year. Well said. Proud of you, Kyle. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Listen, we've all been there, right? We're approaching the finish line. We've got some room. We rip the throttle a couple of times. Maybe we rub the brake pedal. When light comes on, yeah. But when we return to the pits, before we can really prepare for the next round, we got to figure out what we would have run on that round where we lifted early. Have you ever wondered what the most accurate and, quite frankly, simple way to figure out what you would have run had you held it wide open on the rounds in which you lifted or break before the finish line. 
we have the answer. It's a formula that I've developed and refined over the last 20 years. And the best part, it's free. Check it out at thisisbracketracing.com slash formula hyphen sign up. Again, that's thisisbracketracing.com slash formula hyphen sign up. I'm going to check that out myself. Guys, BTE is one of a few full service transmission companies with a full array of manufacturing and testing capabilities. Their in-house CNC facility is paired with an extensive collection of gear hobbing and shaping machines to produce any high-performance driveline product. From inception, BTE's racing products are designed, prototyped, field-tested, produced, inspected, and even shipped by real racers. Just outside of Memphis, Tennessee, their warehouse and manufacturing facility in Mount Pleasant, Mississippi, is stocked with thousands of parts, and they're centrally located in the United States for fast delivery anywhere. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! So, Luke, What's on Tap, as far as racing goes, is going to be limited in this episode. It is uh, end of February, so not a lot of that to happen or to talk about. But one thing I want to talk about was this new Division Six program. Really cool thing they got going on up there in the Northwest. So, so new for 2019, the Northwest Division is announcing the JEGS Team Cup. So the JEGS Team Cup will be a team competition within the Northwest Division Lucas Oil Series uh, during event eliminations. Now, the teams will consist of five members per team, and they'll earn points for their team with each member earning one point for each round in addition to an attendance point at each event they attend. So you've got your five team members, you show up, you score a point. Went around, you score a point. And they got some really cool things that they will do for those champions uh, at the end of the season, Luke. Yeah, this is a really cool program. At season's end, as you said, the uh, the championship team will get a trophy, uh, be honored at the Division Six banquet, and receive a $5,000 bonus. Runner-up team will receive $1,500. I think third-place team gets 500 bucks. That's cash, plus JEGS is involved, obviously. It's the JEGS Team Cup. In addition to the end-of-season bonus, each member on the winning team also gets a $200 JEGS gift certificate. Each team member on the runner up team will receive a $50 JEGS gift certificate. I just wanted to include this because I think this is really cool. This is an example of some of the folks at NHRA, specifically Division 6 Director Matt Lavonis. Shout out, Matt. Putting together something a little bit outside the box to add some value, add some fun, add some intrigue to the Division Series, and specifically up in Division 6 because, as I've said before, we don't from this side of the country give the division six and racers enough credit geographically like the ground that they've got to cover just to make it to their home division races this incentivizes that a little bit more gives a handful of more people reason to keep going and helps justify some of those expenses involved so cool deal again kudos to matt Kudos to the folks at JEGS for supporting it, and uh, I look forward to following this throughout the season and also certainly hope that more divisions get involved with similar programs in the future. 
yeah, well said. This could transition uh, to all the other divisions, uh, you know, so this is something that uh, somebody can take ownership of in each division and, and increase your participation and excitement. So, let's, uh, again, congratulations to those guys. Kudos, as you said, and uh, certainly the Jigs for their participation, always supporting uh, sportsman racers at a very high level. So, looking forward to seeing that play out. Uh, Luke, there's a couple of races here or there. I think weather's challenging some stuff, but basically the only one uh, on the radar right now, so to speak, is the Tucson Divisional uh, Division 7 race out there in Tucson, Arizona, which is just a week prior to uh, Forsyth and Langdon's uh, big bracket race out there. So it uh, looks like those guys got a couple of weeks of good racing coming up in Tucson. Uh, hopefully the weather is wonderful for you and everybody gets out and enjoys some racing, gives us something to talk about here when we get back together so that wraps us up guys this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast has come to a close i want to definitely thank our great sponsors bte and this is bracket racing elite and uh, certainly want to thank chance likens for coming on and chatting with us from bte it was good to have chance on get a little insight into his schedule and see where bte is going to be taking him to support the racers here for the month of March. And Luke, you uh, don't put your shout-outs in the show notes anymore. It's a complete surprise to me. I'm so looking forward to it. It is that time. Shout-out to the Salukis. The, ah. <laughs> You're a mess right I now. I feel like I need to shout-out the Purple Aces. I was so, like I said earlier in the show, very distracted. Got the Salukis on the split screen here and like five minutes ago I was riding high we're up 18 I'm like oh we're just gonna coast to the finish line and suddenly the aces are banking in threes and we're shoving people into the third row and getting teed up and we're, oh. we're up eight points and I don't know what in the world's going on I'm a mess oh, no. um, <laughs> all right shout out to producer Mark for digging up the Scotty Richardson comment that I talked about earlier, uh, and shout out to Scotty. This is in response to the G-Dub slash T-Dub call out. Scotty Richardson says, quote, I'm game for a challenge. Some of my boys have a short-term memory, but I can freshen them up how it is and was. End quote. That's, there's SR weighing in Great saying, spot. Bring it, boys. Bring it, boys. All right. So that will be exciting to uh, keep tabs on for the next several months. Shout out to Gooder. That's all I got written down. I don't even remember what that was in reference to, but that's one of my favorite terms, Gooder. Shout out to Chance, who you mentioned is the hottest staff member at BTE. I feel like you need to get a room. Let's tone that down just a little bit. Shout out to Noon Eastern, because that is when pre-entry is open for the Fall Fling 500K. If you log in at 9 o'clock Central, as I first suggested, you'll be early. Shout out to Jason Lynch and it being on like ham bone or chicken bone or whatever. He, he throw in a lot of other stuff there, some of which I can't repeat. Shout out to, uh, to Chance's undisclosed location. That's as far as we're going to go with that. Shout out to my research capabilities and my uh, enthusiasm about that. And last but not least, shout out to Stephen Hughes, who, for those of you that missed it earlier in the show, when Stephen Hughes won the million-dollar race in the year 2000 at Montgomery Motorsports Park, he was in a, an unpainted dragster that had <laughs> one decal on it. 
and the decal was a typical name tag on the side of the car, except the name tag was not Stephen Hughes. The name tag was Haywood. Did you blow me? <laughs> shout out to Haywood. That was stupid. Oh, guys, be sure to tell us what you think. Message us right there on the Sports <laughs> Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Or you can at either Luke or myself. Uh, definitely Luke needs to be added. Uh, he's at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. I don't know why my Gigabox is turned on so bad for that, but that... The way you just said that was so much better than the first time, but it was still as funny. Great job by you and the shout outs. Thank you, listeners. We appreciate it. Go support our sponsors. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again about some racing coming up. Real time update Saluki 72, Purple Aces 60. Go, dogs. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.